My name is Jeremy Allen Gould, and this is the Who's to Say podcast. Being a lifelong music and art fan, I was lucky enough to book a lot of bands back in the day and have been even more lucky to stay in contact with many of them. I grew up all over, and my love for music and art only intensified the older I got. This podcast are conversations with many artists in many different capacities. Thanks for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy what you hear. With that said, who's to say? Hi, this is Jeremy Allen Gould with the Who's to Say podcast. For this next episode, we welcome the super cool and super talented Eric Collins. I've known Eric for close to 25 years from his pre-Dennis and Mars days in the band Divine Child. His band and the band that I managed at the time, Smell of Wonder, used to play shows in Florida in the late 90s quite a bit. From his expansive musical career with Dennis and Mars, the Dark Romantics, the Party People, as well as his time in the influential band Starfire 59, we discuss the past, the present, and the future. Eric is an unbelievably talented songwriter and an all-around badass. I believe he was very influential in the 90s Christian rock scene that some of us revere to this day. This conversation is long overdue, and I hope you enjoy the old stories as well as the new ones. With that said, Eric Collins, who's to say? Eric. Hey, what's up? How are you? I'm good, man. How are you? Good, man. How's how's Lakeland treating you? Oh, Lakeland. It's it's good. It's good and bad. It's a vortex. Beautiful. There's no escaping it. Oh yeah. City of Lakes. <laughs> the lake the land of lakes. The land of lakes. <laughs> so you guys uh obviously just had the hurricane down there. How was that for you? It it was all good, man. It didn't do much. It, I mean, there's limbs everywhere in Lakeland, but it didn't. Uh, it didn't do that much. There's a you know, couple people had some stuff, but nothing like South Florida is just like yeah. annihilated. But yeah, yeah, it's all it's all good for the most part up here, and we're good. Our house is good, family's good, and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, I reached yeah. out to Mark the other day to see how he's doing, and he said he's everything's cool on his part too. So yeah, That's- our our main stuff was power outage and just being hot and stuff yeah but other than that it's all good yeah awesome man that's really cool yeah. Yeah. um so you and i have known each other for a long long time long time i th- i was trying to think the other day i think it's like about 25 years it seems like i think it was like 97 probably yeah 98. yeah yeah that sounds right 1998 back in the uh, wonder yes well yes it's funny you say that because I hang with those guys quite a bit still, and they were an anomaly. They were just were one of those bands that were great that just never, never went anywhere. Unfortunately. Dude, it, okay, so those guys are all such good, nice guys, and they, I'm friends with all of them. And when I see them, it's always they're so gracious and kind, and always hugs and stuff. But they're still rock stars to me. Really? And, yeah. I don't. I don't know why it's always hit me like that. Like they were like when we would come to jacksonville to play with smell of wonder i was just always in awe of them like they were so more advanced than we were with like their just everything tones sonics and talent <laughs> you know what i mean like 
I would just stand there and be like, oh my God, I can't believe these guys let us play with them. And I still feel like they're still like in rock star level to me when I see That's them. That's so cool. I think I'm sure like, they're going to hear they're that. They're probably like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, they're definitely going like, what are you talking about? But that's how I feel. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember um, back in the day, I, I remember, I, I don't know why. I mean, this always sticks in my head. But I just uh, vaguely, or not vaguely, I, I remember like we met up at like one of the malls in Jacksonville. And yeah. you were like, you got to buy this record. And it was Failure. Um, oh, fantastic planet and i was like at the time i was like oh no no man i you know i was like into hardcore and you know all that jazz and i was like i don't know it was one of those like i bought i remember buying it because on on your recommendation and then i was like never really listened to it and of course 25 years later it's like one of my favorite records of all time that is good that's good news to hear i thought you were gonna say i said something stupid about buying some clothes at the mall or something no you opened the door that awesome. I should have walked through a long time ago. Good, I'm proud of that memory. Then yes, that worked absolutely. out. That worked out. Yeah, man, and I think um, I, I think uh, there was a couple. I, I know we, I know that you played in Jackson a lot with them, but I know we, they played down in Orlando or Lakeland. Maybe I don't know. Like, was there a town called Eustace or something? Or um, I don't know the town. I've I don't know. Been here my whole life. I I can't get there, but I know it's around. Yeah, I I feel like. That's when you, you know, I think, I think they play, it was just one of those random, like, hole-in-the-wall shows where there's, like, 30 youth kids, you know, whatever. We do, we played so many of those. <laughs> I so. bet you did. But you know what, I will say, you guys had the coolest rig and the fact that you had, you know, the box car truck and the, you know, had, had the whole, the, yeah. the bus and it, bus in a box. Oh, that thing broke down so much. Yeah, it was so hot. Oh. That's hysterical. I remember it would be like we built a fake wall in it, or no, it already had a fake wall because I think we bought it from some missionaries or something from Carpenter's Home Church back then. So they they had lived in it, something like that. And there was a fake wall in the back, so we could put all our gear there. And then on the other side of the wall is the main compartment, and we had like I think we had a couch in there and uh, a wall unit, fake wall. Not so dumb, dude, because inside the truck. Yeah. We're like, oh, just put it in the wall. It's good. But it's still going inside the truck. So then we had to put carbon monoxide detector in the truck, and it just kept going off constantly. And we're so stupid. We're like, oh, something must be wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we kept turning it off, and we're like, what is that smell? And like, we're getting real lightheaded, like. Oh Such no! Idiots, dude, and like dawned on us. We're like, crack the windows! Oh my god! That's just terrible. Yeah, that, that truck was cool and like a death trap, and like oh, I, sure. I believe it. And at your age, it probably didn't make <laughs> oh, sense. Oh yeah, that's awesome. And TV. Oh, I know. I, I think you guys. If, I'm, if I remember correctly, I know you had a TV in there. You had like a video game, like Nintendo or whatever, in there. I just remember. I remember you guys when we. I, I always thought it was so cool to look in there. Poor man, tour bus, dude. <laughs> I just thought it was so awesome. I'd be like, uh, was, I don't know. It was just so cool and, you know, geeky at the same time. It was like. Oh, yeah. So. Always breaking down. Dude, I um, I just recently, I forgot to tell you, I uh, was at my parents' house a year or two ago, and I was going through all my merch, and I found a Divine Child hoodie that I had from back in the day. 
Wait, wait, is it the one with the like the people walking across the uh -huh. street or whatever? Yep. Yes, dude, I love that one. I know, I a it's just like a size small, and there's no way I like, you know, obviously couldn't, you know. Yes. Wear it, no, I, just, I want a pic of you wearing it. <laughs> you don't After want that. This. It's, uh, it's brutal. <laughs> awesome. So I know <clears throat> we've known each other for a while, but I want you, and I know uh, you probably told this before, but just go ahead and tell me kind of how you got into music and, and um, all, all kind of your journey. Cool, cool, yeah. Um, so uh, mom, so I have like musical parents and stuff. My mom, um, she knew how to play guitar forever, and she raised me on like classic rock. And then she was also like, choir like like kids choir at church kids choir director and stuff um but mainly just my whole life listen to classic rock with her like led zeppelin and stuff and we would jam before nap time she'd buy me like drum sets from toys r us and stuff you know like the paperhead ones and i'd break them in like a week and stuff <laughs> um dad is uh he like went to college for music and stuff and he is a retired minister of music for like baptists churches um so he while my mom's raising me on classic rock he raised me on like classical like beethoven and all that stuff um so i was always had music in the house um and i didn't i didn't start playing guitar until late teens early 20s um there was always a guitar and pianos and stuff but i just i don't know i got like uh I think I was like 11 or 12. I got into rap and hip hop <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah. loved it. Um, but I think that like my favorite group was back then was uh, Public Enemy. And uh, I mean, they were, you know how they use like samples, so heavy samples like Miles Davis and all this like saxophone noise and experimental yeah. stuff and everything. Um, so like, that's where I think my my love of noise and stuff came from first. And then all the classic rock stuff and then the, the rap and hip-hop stuff is sampling classic rock and everything so i'm hearing this mesh in my head is forming i guess um but finally like it was like end of high school i i'm getting into like grunge and alternative and everything and i started like oh but you know mom show me some show me some guitar i'm gonna check this out and the first song she's like pick out a song play it and i'll, I'll show you how to play it so i picked chair of rock track one off of uh siamese dream and she sat oh, there and listened to it and like picks it out open chords and uh that was the first song i ever learned how to play and uh my dad bought me i think he went to like specs or not specs he went to um spencer's in the, yeah. in the lincoln square mall bought me like a guitar poster like a guitar chord tablature yeah. poster i remember just hung it on the back of my closet wall and i would just sit on my bed and like learn where to put my fingers and that's how i started writing songs was just like oh this chord sounds cool with this this other one you know i mean they were terrible but i was learning how to put stuff together um and from there it was just kind of just listening to music and trying to figure out like arrangements and genres and stuff like that but i think from classic rock and then like the noise from hip-hop and stuff i just kind of i think that kind of steered me into alternative that's awesome. Um, yeah. Um, you know, in, in like back then Nirvana and pumpkins or anything, they were like, they were pumpkins is kind of metal shoegaze, you know, so they're doing experimental stuff and then Nirvana's grunge. But really when you listen to it, it's punk. It's like 
experimental punk almost and there's all kinds of noise and stuff so i was like i'm into that start messing around there and then um i remember going i remember going to lakeland square mall i don't know if you remember this like the christian bookstores where it was like family bookstores yeah. or whatever do you remember they'd have like the cd section and they'd always have a demo cd oh yeah yeah i don't know if that I'm trying to remember how back how far back that goes but i'd go in there and i just grab all these demo cds listen to stuff and dude i remember buying and listening to it and then buying it uh starfire 59 silver god yeah and i'd take it out to my car by legon square mall i could take you to the probably to the parking spot is outside the food court and i pop it in and it just starts and i'm just like what like like this is christian like these guys this doesn't suck like are you serious you know what i mean like what like, you know like i was like this sounds like pumpkins but without that whiny voice you know what I mean? like oh, I it was know. cool uh and i love pumpkins so don't get me wrong but i'm saying um that launched me even further and i'm just like oh what are all the you know pedals and all this stuff and just really getting into it and then that of course launches me into like tooth and nail catalog and um yeah, yeah I, I mean that's pretty much it yeah <laughs> from yeah good stuff straight into alternative dude uh, first off cherub rock is a freaking banger yeah and what a great Full what album. a great intro to guitar yeah um, right <laughs> i've never played guitar so i wouldn't know but i know that riff is ridiculous um dude and then start and secondly starfire 59 silver record mind-blowing yep. to this day i've listened to it once a month because it's unbelievable it's yeah, man. an unbelievable record yeah and it's you need so to convince cool. jason to to do a tour with it because he probably would crush it ah man i i think i'd try once a year i'm sure i like would. i'd try to wear him down but it's saying no <laughs> that's, that's hilarious um side note um my buddies and I, this is terrible I'm, that I'm admitting this, but back to that, the Christian bookstore where you have the demo. Do you remember yeah. those little stickers, the Diamante stickers? Yeah. I like five and you get one free. Um, well, my buddies know. and I, this is, so, this is so crappy. We would like cut them out and oh. like go in probably every couple weeks so we wouldn't get caught and like exchange them in. And at yeah. the time we were like, it's kind of like stealing a Bible. It's really not yeah. a sin. Right. And so, unfortunately, we did, we discovered a lot of amazing bands that way. But on the other side of it, we also discovered a lot of terrible bands because we didn't want to, you know, spend the money, that the small amount of money yeah. that we had. So, and our, well, you were still punished, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. I probably didn't even repent from that sin, but I... Uh... That's all it's, right, man. Yeah, I know. It was uh, being young, I guess. Um, so uh, after after that, I guess, uh, does that kind of when Divine Child started, or uh, how did that uh, come about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, like, pretty soon after, because I'm, like, listening to, you know, all this new music, like, blowing my mind, and I'm trying to figure out guitar and stuff. And then, um, so back then, there was, like, my surf buddies from church and school, they all kind of always came to this one house because it was like, uh, oh, it was, it was Kyle Griner. You know Kyle. Oh, yeah, Kyle. Yeah, so it was Kyle's house and his his dad's house. But it was like a 
the spot. Like everybody ended up there. So I would be hanging out there. And eventually that's where I met John Bucklew, which is the drummer of Dennis Mars, Divine Child. That, and, uh, and, you know, I find like he's just hanging out and I didn't know him because he wasn't really one of the surf guys. He's just like from their church, whatever. And I only went to Carpenters sometimes. Um, so I'm like, oh, you play drums. I'm learning how to play guitar. I was like, we should, you know, we should jam. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. Because none of the other guys played at all. It was just surfing and skating. And that was it. So I remember going to his house and he had like this little, this old jazz kit. Because his uncle was a like a legit jazz drummer in a, a lounge up in uh, Atlanta. And uh, we just started playing. I mean, it was terrible, but it was awesome. You know what I mean? Just to go in and like, we're actually making something out of nothing. Um and his little brother, Joe, was learning bass. We're like, well, dude, you're obviously the bass player, you know? Yeah. And after we had played, like, only, I don't even know, maybe a couple months, I was like, well, I got my buddy Daniel at school. He plays guitar. And he could play lead or whatever. I'm like, yeah, bring him over. And from there, we just... I'll start. We were a band. And I, I think we had... I think we had booked a show, our first show at Carpenter's home in the youth, in the youth room. Which is probably massive. <laughs> we, oh yeah, it was huge. And, um, came, and I had this poster that my parents had bought me, I think from the Christian bookstore. And it had like, you know, something like you are or something. And then it was like listed all these Christian words, like with scripture references and stuff, but it, and it was like different colors, you know, and I remember just looking at the poster and I saw the word divine. And then over here, it was like child of God or something I'm like divine child. So, so I was like, that's <laughs> it. That's our name. It's terrible. Um, it just, we were, I think it was like, we'll just use it and then we'll change it. But then it like, we could never think of anything else. So it stuck. Um, and that's, that's divine child, man. I, and dude, I think our first show so it was Carpenter's Home. We played so long. so stupid when you think about it. It's like cringe. You know what I mean? Like, I think we played like 45 minutes. And then I think we did like 30-minute acoustic set. And then I think we played like another 45. Like, I mean, those whoever showed up, because I remember there was people there. They were so wonderful, those people, That's to awesome. come sit there for that. Like, <laughs> who did we think we were? That's hysterical. It's terrible songs. Like, <laughs> I wish I could go back in time and be there and watch that. Oh, guys. That's hysterical. Probably the worst thing ever. Well, we got to start somewhere. I guess. We started um, at the end. <laughs> start at the end. So, uh, what brought on the name change then? Um, okay, so that was, uh, we had been, we played a lot. And recorded we did like a little ep and pressed our own cds and all that stuff and um this is actually kind of cool uh mike lewis from polar and all that love not, for love not least and everything he came through i don't know if he came through on a tour or he just came to town to i think he came to see dear ephesus and he's hanging with them, but they had already signed with, I guess it was Bulletproof or what? Yeah. I can't remember who that was. Yeah. And they're out to dinner and he's like, well, they're like, but you know, we, you know, who you need to sign is our buddies. And he's like, who, who's this? And they tell him about us. 
and they give him a CD and then he's like, he contacts us. He's like, I, I really like what I hear. I want to talk to you guys. I'm starting this new label, six by six records, blah, blah, blah. And we were stoked. We were like, we, we did it. And I was at that time, Mike is, he'll, he would probably be gracious about it. He's like, dude, you know, the name kind of lame. I'm, we're like, we know we hate this name. So I was like, now's the time to change it. And I go online. I'm just like, myself, and I start seeing like Church of the Divine Child and stuff. And it turns out it's like some weird cult. Oh. And I'm like, I'm like, yes, that's our out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we do. We change the name, and then on our website, whatever. I'm like, we're changing our name because we found out it's a cult up in Midwest somewhere or something. We don't want to be associated. Um, so that like worked out really good. That's amazing. Uh, um, Who came up with the name? Uh, Dennis and Mars. Yeah. Yeah, we changed it to that. There was a old like a rave underground boutique in Orlando because back back then, like late '90s, you know, Orlando was like super rave and like uh, club culture stuff. So there was this old store called Venus and Mars, and uh, I had a T-shirt from there. Is this cool T-shirt in like they had wrote the name in like a graffiti font or something. <clears throat> and Joe being Joe, he's like this funny, funny, smart guy. And he's like, what does that say? Dennis and Mars. And we we're like, oh. like we all just froze. We we're like, that's it. Band name. Like that's, and it. we thought it was, and it was dumb because it sounded, you know, space rock, but yet it also kind of sounded like a dude's name, like Leonard Skinner or Led yeah. Zeppelin, but it wasn't a guy's name. That's awesome. Like, this is so, you know, it was great yeah. class at the time. That's sick, dude. Um, <laughs> so I know you guys were obviously into failure at the time. But what what bands were influencing you guys uh, throughout oh, Divine and then and uh, Denison? Uh, Pumpkins definitely. Uh, hum definitely. Uh, failure. Uh, you know, any of that that um, late nineties. I don't know what you call that. that. That I mean, it's space rock, but yeah. <clears throat> It's more on like the heavier, like Deftones, but not, yeah. we didn't do rap stuff, but you know, like just the chords and everything. So like, I don't know, I guess it would just be like heavier alternative rock and like post-hardcore. But then we did like, the we liked putting shoegaze elements in and we liked experimenting. Um, and I think, I'm trying to remember, by the time, like 1999, when we went and recorded the first Dennis and Mars album at, at Holding Hands. We were real into that far record that um was that Water and uh, Solution. Water's in Solution. Water and Solution. Yeah. Yeah. And uh Clarity, Jimmy World. And then do you remember that Swedish band Kent? Oh my god. I yeah. saw Yes. Yes. That album. If Dude. you go back and listen to Holding Hands with those three references, you'll be like, oh, Okay, Eric. I, uh, Kent was a. I, I, oh my God! Don't get me started on Kent. Yeah, Dude, they, especially were, that they should have been so much bigger than they were. Oh yeah. Dude, that's so, so sick. Yeah, all of that, and then those three records, especially when we did the first album. That's awesome. Yeah. Can I ask you what uh, of the records you put out? What are you most proud of? What uh, what's you know what? I guess what record are you most proud of, and what song are you most proud of? Oh man, um, that's a tough one for Mars. 
because each of those albums is kind of like a is kind of a different era. Because when we did the second album, Holding Hand or uh, World Renown, Super Radiohead had taken us over, obviously, and um, and then the third album, we were out like we were trying to do like a Pinkerton vibe, like huge power power pop rock. Yeah. Um, dude, I don't know, man. That's a good question. I'd have to really think about that. But well, you can. You can I, I, I think World Renown is like a fan favorite. Yeah. Uh, like as a whole, that album. But there. And I do love that album, but I don't think that's my favorite. I mean, I honestly, I loved our last one. I remember what song that was because that one we just kind of didn't. We were like this is it this is our last one so let's just go crazy and we were like trying to be tool or something we were just like doing crazy math rock stuff and like we were like we could do anything we want let's just go nuts that's awesome uh, i mean there's stuff off that first album that was really really cool because we were i don't know man like we we're just naive but in a good way you know yeah. like i think a lot of first you know first albums for bands are like that but some really good riffs and spacey yeah. stuff. Um, looking back on it, do you feel like you guys, um, uh, you know, I, I know you were on, what, 6 by 6 and then Floodgate. Floodgate, um, Velvet Blue. Velvet Blue. Do you feel like that was the path you needed to go, or do you feel mm -hmm. like um, if another option, looking back, do you think you might have met with a different route, possibly? I mean, I don't mean, I'm not saying yeah. in particular no, no, no. to that label. I'm just, just curious. So six by six was a really cool move. Like I have a lot of good, a lot of good memories from that era and experiences, memories, and great friends. That's where we met Stavesacre and Puller and um, I'm trying to remember if that's where we met Starflyer when we were, we were on the West Coast. That might have been after that, but. So the, and then that was the first time we were in like a real studio because we went to Nashville and um, it was just like incredible experience. Awesome. And then and then Velo Blue, that was just like you know what I mean. Like we didn't know Jeff back then and Starflyer and this, so that was like just mind blowing rock star Christian alternative. But not you know I I say that, but I don't mean that as a slant. Like Christian or non, the alternative stuff from Starflyer and Velo Blue was amazing you know what i mean like still is um so that was really good i think when so we turned tooth and nail down and went with floodgate and no disrespect to floodgate but i think we should have went with tooth and nail um because up until that point floodgate hadn't they had only done like ccm stuff you know what i mean and then we came and uh Vela blue that was like a hey you know be with floodgate i can still work with you da, da, da. so that was like we we're we we're into that but then once it all started happening we kept getting pushed to like ccm stuff and it was like dude that doesn't make sense like that is not the crowd that we have built you know what i mean and yeah we don't play places like that and we don't do you know what i mean like yeah. we did play churches but it wasn't like 
thing. It was the it was like the churches that did the cool stuff, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we played mostly venues and stuff, uh, like bars and clubs. But so so Floodgate treated us really well. Tim Tabor was awesome. Yeah. I just think we were butting heads a lot and were confused by each other a lot because he they weren't used they weren't able to market us to where we should have been marketed because they were used to what they were doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And no, we weren't able to communicate because we're young, dumb guys. So all we did is throw temper tantrums or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I get it. And looking back then, we would have went tooth and nail. That was like Amberlynn pre-Under Oath era. So that was like right at a good spot where everything yeah. was about to explode again. Uh, so we would have been in a good spot for that. So I've always regretted that a little bit, but not of disrespecting floodgate just like i think if we're only speaking about the band it probably would have been better to go that route absolutely i, I get that i mean hopefully nobody's feelings are hurt <laughs> yeah no i, I get it <laughs> i don't I mean, mean it that way no 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 i know I, I i didn't mean to put you in a pickle i just was curious you know it's oh, kind of one of those things that's like you look back and it's like there's reasons why you do things and some people regret them and some people don't you know it's like yeah, I think no matter what, you still le left a lasting impression on a lot of people. So either way, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, and and again, Tabor and Floodgate were so good to us, so gracious, and did so much for us. So awesome. I'm deaf. I am grateful for all that, and I had wonderful experiences and memories, and met people, and so it's in the big picture, it's it's all good. You know yeah, what I mean? Like awesome. I love it all. Um. I uh, feel bad had not known this, but what, who who did you guys record with on the on your three records? Like who was uh, I guess produced them or engineered them? The the first record, the Holding Hands we did in Nashville. That was. Um, do you remember that band Common Children? Yeah. Oh, Mark Bird. Okay, Mark Bird. Yeah. Dude, Hammock. So he he was the producer. Oh my god, that's and, awesome. Yeah, and he was so rad. And if you ever hear this, I don't know how you know. Thank you, Mark, for your patience with a bunch of young know-it-all guys that thought we thought we knew everything. But he was That's so amazing. patient with us and just helping us get rad tones and stuff. And we're like, no, bro, you know, use this pedal, you know, whatever. <laughs> He's like, trust me, you know what I mean? But uh, I'm trying to remember the guy. He was so cool and nice. I think his name was Sky. And um, he shared like a house studio, but it was like the whole house was a studio. Um just really cool dude up in Nashville. I don't, I don't know what he's doing now, but that was just cool. Like we stayed in a hotel and, and went there every day and it was just really, I think we recorded the tape and then wow. who knows where those tapes are, but it was just a really cool experience. Um, so when we did world renown, we went to Atlanta with Matt Goldman oh, when yeah. he was at a uh, little five points and glow in the dark when it was at little five points, Atlanta. Yeah um that was amazing it was i think that was like right when he kind of had moved there and we went to him because my hotel year yeah. had recorded their first album with him and i think it was at dave's house or something yeah so that oh, was wow. cool and then we and then we did the third album with him um then is new now we did that same studio and i think he ended up moving soon after that um so that was really cool. And then our the fourth album that nobody knows, <laughs> we did that here in Lakeland at a buddy's house. That's awesome. Yeah. 
that's really cool, man. I, I that's awesome. That I, the Mark, I love Hammock. That's like one of my favorite yeah. bands. And I just remember him being so cool, like both of them, but especially Mark. I was just like, he was so cool. Dude, but I don't. I, ho- I hope I wasn't a total dork around him. But <laughs> there, um, who knows? There's that True Tunes podcast. I don't know if you've heard it. It's really good, and he's on an episode. His episode's amazing. Like, okay, we'll check it out. Listen to it. I'll send it to you. It's, okay. It's really good. It's just really cool to see. Like he talks about like his demons and stuff, and it's just really mm. like an interesting conversation. Cool. Um, yeah, dude, he was just legit cool guy. Like I just liked him a lot. Yeah. That's awesome. Speaking of my hotel year, <laughs> I talked to Travis the other day. He, I think he's gonna come on. So, nice. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I want to have Dave on. I think. Um, yes. Yeah. So guys are the best. Be cool. I saw David Costco cool. yesterday <laughs> randomly. Really. Yeah, we just ran into each other. I was like, what's up, dude? Awesome. So, yeah, man. Little That's Exeter Flood action. Uh-huh. Dude, great record. Yeah. Um, awesome. So, okay, Dennis and Mars uh, brings you to your ending there. And, and what's what's the next step? So, yeah, so towards the end of Dennis and Mars, um, my brother-in-law, Dean, uh, we started doing this. We we had lived. We were living together, and we started doing a thing called the Party People, and it was just like trying to be super raw, kind of garage rock with a little bit of southern twang to it, I guess. But um, we demoed a couple songs, but we were writing songs, and then I talked to Matt Goldman. Oh, so we did this at the little Five Point Studio too. I was like, dude. You know, tell me when you got like nobody's in and cut me like a really good deal. He'll probably be mad that I told this. And I was <laughs> like, so I think me and Dean drove up overnight to Atlanta. The studio for that like one to two days tops. And we recorded like six songs, but it was just me and Dean. And we had the, re- the songs done. And I don't know if you know this, but Goldman is like incredible drummer, like incredible. And do you know um, Troy Staines? No, but I know Jared Bowser knows him. I, I, okay. I, I've heard his name. I'm, I'm sure okay. I might have talked to him at one point, but I don't, I don't think super, I know him. Super rad dude. Yeah. So he was assisting. He was like engineer, whatever, for Matt at that time. So he was there. And he's just like one of those guys who make you sick because he's like music virtuoso. You know That's what awesome. I mean? Like <laughs> whatever. So they're like gonna record everything they're like hey instead you know vibe is real raw and garagey like why don't you just teach us the songs real quick and we'll record everything live on one take and i was like all right cool so literally we would go one song at a time we'd run through it they're like don't show us too much just show us the song we'll learn it and then we're just gonna hit record and let it fly and that way we'll capture <laughs> just the energy That's but they're awesome. like the sickest musicians so it was like no big deal and so matt he's at the drums me and dean are in the in the main room with him and troy's in their control room playing bass so he could hit record it's like so he awesome. hit record count it off like what well, from the control room, and then we would just launch into the song i think i swear i remember we only restarted a couple songs it was that like they were that good and I was like, Matt, I don't want you to like go crazy mixing this. I want it to be like, like someone's just in the room with us and we just wrote it. He's like, that's yeah, that's, that's what I'm feeling too. So he, 
he just did like a quick mix and like mostly it was just like whatever we had captured and then burned a cd and like dean and i were gone like the next day driving home at night again like and i think i i paid him money and i traded him my nintendo 64 and goldeneye which yes. now is probably he made out a good deal on me but back then i was like we we please take you know when bands stay here they'll want to play goldeneye and he's like yeah i guess so whatever <laughs> like how am i gonna eat with this thing you know what i mean but yeah yeah um, probably sell it on ebay make a ton of money now but i bet that's um so anyways i got a cd like four six songs and i sent it to cloud and i'm like cloud do you do you want to put this out and this was see this was like right at the time when like strokes were hitting and the hives were hitting so it was like all this crazy raw and like white stripes were just hitting and uh he's like e i love this this is crazy what is this this is not dennis mars i'm like no it's the thing me and dean are doing and he's like well, who's in the band I'm like well it's just me and dean and then you know matt and troy record it but they're they're not in the band he's like well i want to be in the band i'm like all right cool i don't care and he's like we need a drummer and i'm like all right and he goes adam I'm like from Goaty Hook. He's like, yeah. He's like, he's gonna be the drummer. I'm like, okay, sounds good. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, like we never didn't play or anything. Like it's just like we're in the band. I'm like, sounds good. So, I I designed the sleeve, pressed it, released it, and they were like, all right, let's play. I think we played at Cornerstone. Might have been like our first time playing together, and I think it was. So like me, Dean, Cloud, and Adam. I think we talked Anne Berlin into letting us borrow their gear to practice, which that would not happen these days because everything's so locked down. But you remember at old Cornerstone Bushnell, like you remember that random little farmhouse yeah. that was out in the middle of like parking or something? Yeah. We went in there and there's power. So we set up in there and we're practicing right before our set. And like kids were like hearing us and coming in and like, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? um it was blazing hot we're all sweating um and then we literally like all right that sounds good enough here put it back in amberlin's trailer and then played on the stage we were on like the little stage outside the food court or whatever that was i forgot what that stage was um just played on the stage like the gear that's on the stage like the house gear or whatever and that was like our first time playing it was super fun adam like crushed his knuckle and blood's going everywhere all over the snare drum like he always did uh and from there i just booked like like east coast tours randomly that's sweet uh and somehow they would cloud and adam would come out and tour with us or if adam couldn't make it we'd have someone else drum it was just always like we'd grab a friend and be like come on we're gonna go play some party people jams that's awesome um so okay so backing up a little bit like Mars, we we toured with Starflyer a bunch, and that's how I'd met Cloud and everything. And then Party People, we played, we toured with Starflyer, especially like East Coast stuff. Um, trying to remember, I'm trying to like it's all blur in my head, but like we did Party People did like some little stuff like Midwest. Like a, I remember us playing some show, and like Living Sacrifice was playing um i think under oath play but it was like back when dallas was there yeah dallas um this is a funny story if they ever hear this they'll deny it but i remember or maybe they won't remember them coming in like oh what are you guys doing here like oh we're playing 
I remember they all smelled really good, you know, which was weird on tour. Like they were all super clean and like, you guys smell so good. You're like, yeah, dude, like Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> <laughs> They're like their hair's all perfect and like they smell awesome. And That's... we're like nasty. Like we live in a van, party yeah. people, guys, like stank. So That's I don't know why that stuck in my head. <laughs> we we played some random random places, random shows with people because we were just having a good time, but did you get um, to play with anyone big? Like, like I know Starfire is pretty big, big, but anyone pretty big? No, like that. Let me sacrifice. That was kind. Of, it was like some. It wasn't a church. It was like some. It's like a weird. What are those like moose lodges and all that stuff? But it was yeah, like big. Lodge or, yeah, yeah, and it was BFW. Yeah, dude, it was like middle of nowhere. Um, I don't know if party people did. We were so random. I mean, we played with like Pedro Lion at a theater and texas and so i mean that's pretty big yeah. um uh that might be the biggest yeah if I'm, if I'm remembering right but yeah touring with starflyer that's all i cared about um oh i just loved being around i just love being around jason he's always I been bet. such a funny cool dude so if i was if i was around jason i was like i don't care who else is around <laughs> dude that's sick <laughs> I would love to meet him, man. That would be so cool. Man, he is like I had such a preconceived image of him before I ever met him. I thought he was going to be like this, way cooler than you know, holier, like cooler than thou, California alt guy. And he is, but not. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't. Yeah. He's not a poser. He's not trying to be anything. He's just. He just is cool. And I don't know how to put that any other way. And he's also one of the funniest guys, but not like silly. Like he is dry humor, delivery perfect, and he doesn't laugh. Like he doesn't smile. So you're just like, I is this guy joking? But he's definitely joking. Is definitely hilarious. I love that. And like I was so stoked because I just thought he was gonna be like some weirdo. You know what I mean? Like some weirdo California arty guy. Turns out he's like one of the raddest dudes. He's one of my favorite people in my life that I've ever met. I, yeah. I, I think I think most people that are fans just like not that you know, that's good to hear because it's like <clears throat> you know, he's just such an influential person and I Oh yeah. He's just you know, yep. Just a cool ass. Yeah, yeah. Dude, he's know? just always been cool, he's always been gracious, always been chill. I mean so like Demars, we had gone out West Coast, playing some festival in LA or something. And Cloud, this is so we were on. This is our second album. And Cloud's like, "Hey, we're gonna go to this barbecue." Like, all right, cool. We get to this house out in California somewhere. It's a total normal middle class neighborhood. And we go in the backyard for this barbecue, and all of Prayer Chain is there. Oh my god! All of Star, like Starflyer and like a couple other guys, like maybe some of the Violet Burning guys or something. And do we? I remember all of us. We just like went to the fence and we're like just standing there, like holding drinks, like total cliche, like TV series, like <laughs> like looking at everybody but trying not to look at them. And they come up like, "Hey guys, you know, they're total nice." And we're like. Oh my, you know, like couldn't, oh. couldn't speak, like couldn't get the words out. That's incredible. Yeah, and it was like just a normal backyard or 
cookout for them. And then they're like, hey, come inside. And they're all at this table. All the guys, all the band members are playing Skipjack. I don't know if you ever. I've heard of that. Yeah, it's like this blackjack hybrid game that they played on tour all the time. It took everybody's money. And they're like, E, sit down. And I was like, I don't know how to play. And Jason's like, don't worry about it. And he's like, slides me a 20. He's like, just bet with this. Like, I don't even know what I'm doing. He's like, don't, don't worry about it. And like, yeah. I'm just sitting there holding cards like, oh my God, that's Tim Tabor. That's Jason Martin. Jeez. That's Wayne, that's Wayne Everett. Uh, that's Eric Composon. Oh my God. Oh like, my I was just God. freaking out. That's incredible. What a, what an awesome memory. Like, oh, it was, and they were all just so chill and gracious dudes. Like, I was like, oh my God, I couldn't breathe. It was so rad. That's so cool, man. I'm, I'm insanely jealous, but that's so cool. <laughs> Such a music nerd, man. I, I know. It. It's like, I can't help it. dude, but it's so cool. It's like, it's like every, every one of us that listen to that, that's like the dream of dreams. That's sick. That's so cool. Stars, man. That I was Yeah, and I remember like meeting Stavesacre. I'm just like I know, oh right? God. You're Stavesy, oh my God. <laughs> I worked the game when I first met Mark, uh Ryan hooked me up with the game yeah. state. And I text Ryan, I was like, Is Mark Solomon working with me today? And he's like, Oh yeah. I'm like, Are you freaking kidding me? Like <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah, and so you know, know, of course, you know, got to talk to him, and now now we talk, you know, here and there. But it's like, I would could not I believe it's from me. We hang like, out all the time. I bet we do a movie night every week. It's funny. That's so cool. We'll tell yeah. him hello. I will tell him to come upon the the podcast. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, I texted him about it. He said he said he'd be down. So. Yeah, it'd probably be. I mean, he's like. Sunday night football now, so probably like after football oh, yeah. season when it's chill. Yeah. Dude, he's oh, like he... the he's in the booth. Is he real? Is he like the? Oh, that's so he's cool. like head of head or of... tech or whatever in the booth with Chris Collinsworth and uh, wow, is it? Uh, who was it? Yeah, it's um yeah, I don't remember. I don't know. Yeah, it's like he's he's he made it. He's there. I'm glad he went on with that. I, I really enjoyed yeah. it, but I just got tired of it after a while. I was like, uh, Oh, it's rough, dude. Yeah. I mean, and you know, <laughs> Me and you did that one game at FSU, and I was like, This sucks. <laughs> That's right. We did work together. What, what game was that? It was like, a, I think it was a bowl game or something. It was That's FSU. Right. And remember, all the band comes down and trample everything, and oh, we're getting yelled at. I, I completely forgot about that. Yes. It was rough. And then I did some I did games uh at the Bucks Stadium and it wasn't as bad, but it was still it's just it's just yeah. rough. It's you know fun I mean? like, for like at the beginning and then you're walking yeah. around and then when you really I gotta be there till like two in the morning tearing stuff down. It's like Yeah. And you don't know what you're doing and nobody's helping and no <laughs> one's know. telling you what and to you do. So that. you're just like Yeah, you're like oh, okay. I guess. That's hysterical. I completely <laughs> forgot we worked that game together. That's hilarious. It was miserable. I, I know. I always tell, I tell my wife, I'm like, when in the past, when I was like dating her, we were getting married, I would get still get games and I would do them. And I'd be yeah. five minutes and be like, why did I sign up for this? Like, I know, right? I, you're like 300 bucks and you're I like, know. it's not worth it. It's not worth That's it. That's exactly it. It's like the money. I look at the money and then I'm like, God, this sucks. I'd I rather have five minutes be like, three, keep the $300. Please let you know. me know. I'd rather be at home, turn the TV off, have a beer at home, go to the bathroom. I know. I know. I know. I'll eat PB and J. Yes. I don't need money. I know. I know. Well, I I, I will say at the time I did need some of that, but now yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in a better yeah. place. Let's just say that. So <laughs> that's hilarious. 
Um, so after party people, yeah, what was the next step after that. So <clears throat> next came the dark romantics. Oh, you know, let me let me say one more thing for fun is because of well because of DMARs and party people, but um, me and Dean got to play. I like weaseled our way into a Starflyer tour, like one tour. Um, I was like, Jason, just all you gotta do is bring Frank. Come to uh, Lakeland. Me and Dean will know the songs. You just give us the song list. We'll know them. We'll practice one day, maybe two, whatever you want to do, and then we'll play. Like, party people open, and then me and Dean will play in the band. He's like, oh, that sounds good. I was like, you don't pay us, because we'll make money off of party people. You don't pay us. You guys keep all the money. And he loved that. And then we did, like, an East Coast run. Um, super fun. And it was a dream for me and Dean, because we are playing Starflyer with Star with Jason and Frank Lynn on God, stages. Man. You know what I mean? Like it was incredible. Yeah. Um and we played that at the end of that tour was we played Cornerstone Florida, which is pretty cool. Yes. Um with Starflyer. That's so um, that there was a lot of funny memories and stories on that. Um J- Jason's thing is he used to like to bet anybody on tour like food bets so like he once got daniel from dennis and mars like he bet him like 20 bucks he couldn't eat a whole can of like wet dog food you know <laughs> and, and then uh i mean it was sick stuff like that like 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 uh 20 candy bars or and like so people are always sick the next day and stuff but jason even if J- he didn't care if he lost it well you're not because it was like entertainment for him to watch <laughs> these younger dudes just annihilating themselves. <laughs> so, and I find, I figured that out after a long time. Like, oh, he didn't care if he lost because he was always winning. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, That's hysterical. Yeah. So anyways, we got to do Starflyer. I was like, Whoa. Dude, you know? absolutely. Um, and, and we played Atlanta, and that's where that little EP, the Never yes. Play Covers, that's where it came. That was... I don't know if that was the Earl. I forgot what venue that was. It's in Little Five Points, or it used to be, or something like that. But he, Jason, just liked how it sounded because the guy had recorded. He's like, "Can I have that?" And then he gave him the track. So Jason kind of tweaked it just a little bit, like in the mix. And then he's like, "E, give me a, give me a cover. Like, I'm just gonna do it in a little slip disc thing." And he's like, "Oh, I want you to put that picture that we took." So I think he was just being super cool. Like he didn't have to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but he's like, he wanted to make sure he used the picture of me and Dean in the band. And I was like, dude, so, so rad. Like what That's a good so cool. dude. Like to kind of, you know, capture that moment. Absolutely. Um, so anyways, yeah. Um, so then came Dark Romantics. And there's kind of like a lull there. And I didn't, like Dean and I were kind of, trying new new styles new genres and stuff and yeah i think we demoed like three three like demoed maybe two or three songs at home and i sent them to jason to see what he thought of them and he's like e, these are cool i'll tell you what if you guys you know fly out here you can stay at my house for a weekend and i'll we'll demo these songs again but i'll i'll produce them and mix them and track them I was like, what? He's like, you don't even have to pay me. He just wow. wanted to hang out and he wanted, he thought the songs are cool. So, of course, we did that. 
we made like a little vacation out of it. Like we went out early and then the wives came out like after the weekend and we spent a few more days hanging out or whatever. Um, so then I had like three songs recorded, produced, mixed by Jason Martin to, to be able to shop with. And I thought, man, I don't remember who pointed us to Luho Records because I did not know. I didn't know Eric. I didn't know Luho. I remember sending them CD and a like a Polaroid picture of us, like a band picture, and just sent that with the CD, nothing else. And I, I remember, I don't know if you know Eric, Eric Oakland, super mm-hmm. cool, and uh, Jocelyn, his wife. She worked at Tooth and Nail for a while, and then they were married, and he's running uh, Luho, and he was putting out stuff like these bands. He, he had done... Um, Raft the Dead Monkeys and yeah. or no was it Raft? What was after that? Suffering in the Heat of Thieves. Yeah, that's yeah. what he was doing. Stuff like that in DC stuff. And uh, I remember him telling me he's like, I mean, I thought it was cool, but then Jocelyn was like, Hey, that's Eric from Dennis and Mars. You should probably put that out because you might be able to sell a couple for what it's worth. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> a, you could probably get a couple sales off of this. So he's like, all right, that's cool. And uh, I thought that was hilarious because he was always honest with me, but in like a joking way. Yeah. Uh, it was like his way of going like, dude, I didn't really care. His, my wife told me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was awesome. I thought it was hilarious. Um, so yeah, we, we signed with Luho and they gave us a little budget and went. we went back to Jason. And Jason's like, all right, cool for, you know, with this budget, I'll take some, I'll take, these five days off from work so you guys can come from weekend to weekend and and we'll record the whole week and we stayed in his loft in his house he was so gracious julie was so awesome to let up these two dudes stay in their house and drink their coffee and just um, bonvoy out shows every night i know right it's uh, <laughs> dude it's so trippy to be in starflyer's house and there's bonvoy julie just walking around housewife you know what i mean like i'm just looking at him like you're the guy who wrote all the songs i love you're the girl that some of these songs are about yep and i listen to your albums that that guy wrote and you sang on you know and here's some of your kids like how cool is this and they're like hey look at this picture i drew of you you know and i'm just like it's such a weird alternate existence you know what i mean yes but they're so kind and so wonderful and then dude, hang out with Jason for, what is that, nine days straight, and him just being hilarious and awesome producer and getting guitar tones in like two seconds. And he's like, no, nah, play play on my jazz master. And I'm like, oh my God, that's like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not worthy. We're not you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he's like, just putting it in our hands. And I'm like, he's like, yeah, you know. I was on gold or whatever. I'm like, oh, my oh. God. you know what I mean? Like, what? <laughs> uh, That's incredible. Yeah, like we, we did that, and like we did like a single EP and went on tour, and then we didn't stop touring from like 2006 2009. We just toured nonstop, coast to coast, which is what Dennis Mars did too. But Dark Romantics, we did band and everything we did like family band like my wife was a bass player dean's wife which is my wife's sister she was keyboards and then mark solomon's wife was drums um 
it was like total family band touring and we did two two albums and like an ep or something and just toured nonstop. new york boston everywhere that's so cool yeah it was it was crazy man and we had our we had my wife and my our daughter so we would bring like a friend as a nanny or my mom whoever was available that's awesome and my daughter loved it dude like she's watched movies and hung out with the band because she's with her mom and dad and aunts and uncles and grandma like she didn't need anything else and she didn't want to be anywhere else and um like i remember us being in uh we were playing like downtown philly and i remember like we're on the strip and it's like a friday night people everywhere and we're unloading the trailer and like first box is huge like a merch box but it's clear and we pull it out and put it on the sidewalk so we can get the other stuff and all these people are stopping they're like yo what is this and I, I just was so used to it. I turn and look, and like the lid had popped, and it was all like for My Little Pony collection. It was just like, <laughs> so like here's this band in downtown Philly, huge box of My Little Pony and like castles and stuff. And these people are like, what are y'all, what are y'all, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, oh, oh. And I have like have to stop and look like a street preacher explaining to That's people hilarious. like, no, we're a family and we're touring. This is my daughter's toys. Oh, we're not weird. We're not a bunch of weirdos. Not a freak. That's hilarious. Yeah, we're not freaks. That's hysterical. Um, yeah, but that was cool, man. Like everything I had learned from Mars, I put in a dark romantics, and I was like, I'm not gonna make the same mistakes. We're gonna treat this not as a business, but you know what I mean. Like we're gonna have goals, like on level. You know, like we're gonna hit this level, hit this, do this, and if we get to where we can't break the next goal. We're not going to kill ourselves and get burnt out and mad at each other because we're family. So I don't want that to happen like normal bands, you know. Um, so by the second second album, whatever that was, we just kind of weren't making headway anymore. And then we got pregnant with our soon, you know, our son. So we're like, this feels like this is a good time. Yeah. So, and everybody was cool. Like nobody was mad. No, everyone's like, yeah, we're good. We yeah. had fun. You know, <laughs> like. So that's that was, cool that you was get actually to experience cool. that with your wife though. That's a really cool experience. Like and and like the family dynamic of it all. I think that's really cool. You know, a lot of you know wives at home don't get to experience you know what their husbands or whoever yeah go on. And that that's was really cool. She got to see the other side of it. Yeah, and I think a lot of I mean I've heard husbands, boyfriends talk about stuff like they're like, I go on tour and I'm in these cities and I'm experiencing stuff and I don't have my wife with me or whatever. You know what I mean? And like, so she's at home, bummed, missing him. Yep. Oh, you're in New York. Oh, you're in Colorado. You're in Denver. You're like, what's it like? Oh, you should be here to see this, but you're not, you know. Um, so all that time in Dennis and Mars, I saw this stuff finally back on the road, going to the same places with my wife. And I'm like, I get to show her all the cool stuff. Yeah. And then I was also older and wiser. So if we went and played New York, I would plan it to where we were there from like Thursday to Monday and we would play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but then have off two days yeah. so we could explore, not just yeah. like when you're a yeah. band, you show up, you load in, you play, you're out. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, instead of us killing ourselves on a Monday night somewhere, playing for nobody and being miserable, let's just stay and hang out in the city yeah you know for a day or two and then go pick it back up or whatever well 
So that worked out good. It was, that's it was, wisdom, my friend. It was, man. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Um, so after what? So what? Uh, Dark Romantics. What year? What year did you guys end that? Like what? Uh, bro, when was that? I think that was like 2006 to 2009. So we were like demoing 2005, and then we pretty much stopped after 2009. And then, so when did you start Mister ENC? It was like right. It was soon after that, probably between 2009 2010, and that's like we were just chilling and. If I'm not creating, man, I start to get depressed. Yeah. Like, my wife calls me out on it. She's like, what are you doing, babe? Like, I can tell your vibe real down. Like, you need to be doing some creation. So I just started messing around. And uh, I did. I recorded a song. And I sent it to Aaron Marsh. Because he, he lives here in town. We've been old buddies. And I was like, hey, we can how much can I pay you to mix this thing and not make it sound like crap? Like I will make it like, can you make it sound cool? <laughs> so he like kind of post-produced it and then mixed it. And I was like, Oh, this sounds rad. And, uh, so I think that was like late 2009 or something. That was still, MySpace was still kicking. And I remember just putting it on MySpace and like, here's the thing. And I kind of kept mystery and C secret for a little while. Like, I don't know why I was just like, just having fun. Like, I don't, I don't want it to be Eric Collins of so-and-so or whoever, whatever that's worth. So I was like, I'll just call it this and be quiet about it. Yeah. And uh, then I did another song, but this time I went and recorded with Aaron and that one was cool. And then um, I think actually, I think like dark romantics when Dean and I did a little EP thing, we did a song or two with Aaron at his house studio and it was super fun. So that's why, a couple of years later, I went back to Aaron. I was like, hey, man, you know, I'm doing this thing. Help me out. So he was super gracious with that. And uh, just have fun. Um, I think I think after those couple songs, I did the two songs. And that's when I hit up Sun Bears guys. I'm like, hey, what do you I like what y'all are doing. Yeah. I haven't seen y'all in a while. I got this, my buddy Keith down here in Tampa, the record label. I'm going to talk him into doing a split seven inch. And like, you know, the guys were cool about it. And that's how we did that split seven inch. Um, I think I talked him into doing like a split cassette. He's And Keith was always like, dude, where are you getting these ideas? Because nobody was doing cassettes yet again. Like that. He's like, why are you wanting to do this? I'm like, I just got a feeling, dude, like we got to do this cassette. I think it'll be cool. Um, did that and then did like did some other stuff and then kind of like right at first i was kind of wanting to be like beck you know like a hip pop kind of yeah alternative pop kind of thing and then i just kind of got bored and was like back into guitars like full on and just recorded everything myself at my house drums everything went going nuts yeah and just kind of grown from there into full band so now i got i made dean come back and play stuff he's played every instrument for me he's always down for whatever he's so good he's my ace ace of my sleeve yeah it's awesome man um and now i just got um casey and bryce from vanguard room studio here and uh i got a full band and we're having fun who's playing with you now it's dean on guitar and then bryce is drums he's a producer at vanguard room and casey is uh kind of like management at vanguard room and he's starting to produce and stuff and he plays bass that's really cool man and they're amazing like I am definitely the worst musician in my own band. Like, that's, no question. <laughs> that's hysterical. 
That's awesome, though. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I want to step back just a second because my wife would kill me if I didn't ask this. Because she, it's funny because I told her that you and I had been friends for a while, and she's like, wait, Dennis and Mars, like, send me an angel? And I was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, well, yeah, they did a cover of that. They didn't write that song. And she's like, well, no, I know. She's like, but I, she's like, that's one song I, I'll never forget. I was obsessed with it for the longest time. Um, so I just was curious what, what brought that, that whole thing on? Um, I don't remember why we decided to do like, a, I think I was trying to figure out covers and that really wasn't like we, it wasn't on a compilation or anything. Like, cause back then labels were starting to do like punk goes pop and all that stuff yeah. kind of compilations, but it wasn't anything like that. We were just like, we want to do a cover. I, th- I think the first thing we had covered was stars by hum. But that was like modern, you know, like that. It wasn't like that was a. They were literally playing that song at the same time. But um, I think. Do you remember that bike movie Rad? Oh, I love that movie. Okay, so I grew up on that movie. Like, if I was sick and stayed home from school, I made my dad rent me that movie. Yeah. Um, and I was like, dude, there's this one part in this movie that I've always loved. It's at this dance. And the guy and the girl freestyle on bikes, but it's like a bike dance. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. I remember that part. I don't like the song is this 80s song, Simi and Angel. And it is so incredible. And I played it for the guys. And they're like, I don't think they cared. They're like, yeah, that's cool, man, whatever. I'm like, let's rewrite it in our style. And so we just like worked on it really hard. I think we did that. I think we released it. We released it twice in two different versions, but I'm the one that matters is like the seven inch that yeah. Velvet Blue put out, and that's can't remember if we re-recorded it and put it on an album, didn't we? I think, I think it's on Then Is New Now or something. Yeah. I think we re-recorded it with Goldman because yeah. we changed like one little part. It's not a big deal, but and it yeah. sounds a little better. But the seven inch was just cool because yeah. it's freaking seven inch, and that blew our minds. Like, who are we? some some kids from lakeland florida why do we get a cool seven inch but um that's cool yeah it was just like and i was super into 80s alternative because my wife and stephanie which is mark's wife they've been best friends since school like middle school so they always went to like 80s nights and stuff so they got me in the 80s alt and also being around the smell of smell of wonder guys they were like cure heads and stuff yep. you know i know you're a cure head oh yeah um so I was just like enamored with 80s alternative because I didn't really know about it when I was listening to 90s alternative. Like, so to go back, I'm like, oh, my God, this era of I music know. is incredible. I know. It's like it's it's way more emotional than any emo was, you know, and that's and I love emo. Don't get me wrong. First way. Yeah. But, um, so I was like, dude, we got to let's pick this 80s song, Simi and Angel, and let's rewrite it a little bit. So yeah. we can actually play it, but also we'll put like riffs in it and stuff. And that's just where it came from. That's awesome. Uh, that's really cool. It's a great song. We played that at Furnace Fest last year. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm so bummed <laughs> I missed that. I was like, I had uh, an opportunity to go to Cincinnati and see the Jaguars lose to the <clears throat> Bengals with some buddies. Uh, and so I couldn't pick two. I couldn't go two weekends in the same month. It just was one true. of those like. True, 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 true. Yeah. I'm, I'm I made the guys learn it. I'm like, look, asked if we could do a Dennis Mars reunion, but I couldn't get the guys together because I thought about it. 
but yeah. it turned out to be it turned out to be Joe's the bass player's like 40th birthday or something. Oh, so gosh. he couldn't do it. So he's like, "Well, Green C, do you want to play?" I'm like, "Yeah, dude, of course." And uh, I was like, "Well, there's gonna be a lot of like people that knew Dennis and Mars. I was probably at least play one song." Yeah. And then Dean's like, "Well, dude, you know what song you gotta play? It's not even a Dennis and Mars song." I was <laughs> like, "But it, it, it kind of is." I'm like, "That's the song, though." That's awesome. So we played it. It was funny. That's cool. cool. It, was, it felt good to play, actually. I I missed playing it. That's awesome. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it was cool. Um, sorry, I went backwards. I just forgot to ask that earlier. No, it's all good. Yeah. Um, so back to Mr. ENC. I so I know you just put a new jam out, which I really love, by the way. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Are you gonna do a new full length, or what? Uh, or what's the plan? Dude, I don't know. Like, so that new single, there's like three other songs with that. So I'm trying to figure out what to do. And then, I mean, I've written a whole plenty, like way more than a full length, but uh, I just need to do something. I need to figure out what I'm going to do and then do the plan. Stick yeah. to the plan. You going to do Velvet Blue still? Uh, I hope so. Um, I mean, Jeff's open for whatever. So I just need to do something. I, you know, like life starts to happen, and then you're yeah. like, "Whoa, dude! Like six months just went by. What's going on?" You know what yeah. I mean? So, like, um, I'm like, I swear I just wrote that song and demoed it last week, but it's like six months ago. I'm like, what? You know? That's nuts. But I have been thinking about that lately, and I want to get the guys together and get in and do some stuff. But yeah, man. Yeah, and we'll try. Yeah, I've been revisiting. Like that new song is trying to. I mean, there's definitely some failure in home and DMARS vibes in there. Love that. That's what I like about it. It just reminded me of that. Yeah. On That's purpose. Awesome. I did it on purpose. You're such a sweetie. <laughs> just for you. So, uh, yeah, I know you uh, texted me the other day about doing a show up here, so I'll definitely see if we can get something set up. That would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be fun, man. Like, anymore, dude, I, I tell the guys, I'm like, I book shows. I mean, I like to play. I still love to play. I'm like, but. Mainly, I just try to book where I have friends so I can yes. see friends. <laughs> That's the way. Like, I haven't been to Jackson in a while. I want to go see all my buddies. Dude, I was going to say, I know you guys were had talked about coming up here for like a dude's weekend or something. I know that, that got scrapped or whatever, but. That was a little while ago. That got scrapped uh, stuff, like family stuff. But um, yeah. That's, I mean, that's literally it. It's like book a show so we can eat somewhere delicious and see friends. So yeah. Well, that's like, like Jacksonville. Dude. I gotta come up and see everybody. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. We'll make it happen. <laughs> I hope it works. Awesome, dude. Well, I appreciate you hanging out with me and talking, man. Um, you know, I, I it's been a while, and I know it's, you know, I, I know we haven't talked for a while, but I just really appreciate your time, man. I, oh, I, yeah, I, I appreciate the interest. I appreciate it all. It's super fun. I like, I like reminiscing. I like, yeah, a lot of good memories, man. I got, I got nothing but love for old times. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. <laughs> Sweet man. Well, listen. Um, just uh, I'll talk to you soon, and and uh, hope things go well for you, and uh, get get a show booked up here for you. So, good luck with the podcast. I'm enjoying it. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah, dude. All right, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Hello. I would like to thank you, the listener, for coming back and listening to this latest episode as well as the kind words and texts I have received while on this journey. I would like to also thank the incredibly talented and awesome Eric Collins for joining me on the latest episode of the Who's to Say podcast. It's always fun to reminisce about the old days and what the future holds. Please check out Mr. ENC's new jam, 
Come on, let's get down on the amazing and enigmatic label, Velvet Blue Music. I'm really excited for the upcoming guests coming to the podcast in the upcoming months. All the music links will be in the show notes below. Until then, thank you again for listening. With that said, who's to say? Who's to say?